Alright, what is happening? What is going on? Welcome into to Sports Fighting Daily. How we doing this week? How we doing? I am uh, getting this done uh, early on a Thursday. I get to do a couple shows on Thursday. Uh, I, I know I've been gone for a while, and yesterday my dog had her teeth cleaned, so out at the vet a lot of the day, making sure she's good when she got home, so I just wanted to do this this morning. So what we'll do today is do a couple shows. It is currently, what time is it? It is 9.15 Mountain Time. So I'm getting this done in the morning, and then uh, here in an hour or two, I'm going to come out with another podcast with some picks, either for tonight or uh, tomorrow. Definitely, definitely try and make it with enough time for everyone out there to make those picks. So a couple episodes coming out today. Right now on this show, we're going to talk about parlays. And we've talked about this before a little bit, but we've had a bunch of new listeners. Actually, it was so cool to see everyone kind of I'm back and be ready for the episodes. I mean, a lot of people, you know, there's this show's been growing a lot, but, uh, you know, we had a lot of people waiting for yesterday's show. So I appreciate that. But with that, we got a lot of new listeners and a lot of people who haven't heard the parlay talk. And so here's the thing. I know a lot of you out there are going to make parlays. I know a ton of you out there, no matter what I say, no matter how much we hammer it in there, you're just going to make parlays. And I think that's a huge flaw. I think good sports bettors, they do a few things. One of the things sports bettors do very well, the, the winning sports bettors, is they know human psychology. You know, they identify what humans do well and not do well. And what we don't do well, we have to work on. I used to say this. In college, I had a, a biology teacher that said, biologists are humans and humans are lazy. Therefore, biologists are lazy, right? It's, the, it's this deductive reasoning thing. So it's the same with sports betting. Bias comes into our betting. We have to fight that, right? And so there's certain things like human psychology that we have to overcome if we're going to be good sports bettors. The parlay is the top of the pyramid for that. The parlay is the one thing everyone does because they think it's a good bet or they think they're betting a little bit to win a lot. When in reality, the sports books are sort of tricking you into making these bets. Everyone's losing probably five times faster than they should because they're making parlays. So today we'll talk about what a parlay is, like the math of a parlay, why you shouldn't make them, and then we will talk about when it's okay to make parlays, because there are times, believe it or not, when you can make parlays. So uh, let's start off with, you know, what people think parlays are. If, if I were to go up to random people and say, hey, you know, what do you think a parlay is? And I've actually done this before with random people, with my friends, and the overwhelming misconception about a parlay is that you make more money for a parlay, that you can make a $10 bet and they give you incentive to make a parlay. This is simply not the case. What a parlay is, the sports book holds your money from one game, your winnings, and simply rolls it to the next game. There is no extra money you make back. Even to the penny, if you did all of this yourself and took the winnings from one bet, made it on the next bet, and then rolled all the winnings from that and, and what you originally bet to the next bet, you would have the exact same payout as a parlay. So let's give an example of a five-team parlay where every leg of the parlay is minus 110, okay? So stick with me here. It's going to be kind of a long example, but we're going to walk through a five-team parlay at minus 110. All right, so let's start off with the first bet. Obviously, you're making a $10, a $10 parlay, and just so you know, parlays are just a string of singles, right? It's just a bunch of single bets where they roll the bet and the winnings into the next bet. So if you have a two-team parlay and each leg is even money, you bet 10 to win 10. And then if you win the first game, you take 20 for the second game to win 20. So if you win the second game, you walk away with 40, you've won 30, 
in addition to the 10 you bet. So you walk away with 40. So that's how parlay works. So for a five team parlay, minus 110. I think this is common. I see a lot of people on Twitter doing this. I see a lot of people on Twitter selling picks like this. And I know a lot of you out there are making picks like this. So let's walk through it. Okay. Now, like I said, stick with me a little bit of math here, but, but follow me. So five team parlay minus 110 for $10. So the first bet you have is a $10 bet to win $19.09. Okay. So again, in this example, people think of this as a simple $10 bet. I'm betting 10 and I'm just going to let you know what you would win here to win $253.54. That seems like a parlay a lot of you would make. You win 10 or you, you bet 10, you walk away with $253.54. That's a huge win, five team parlay. Now, if you lose the parlay, a lot of people say, hey, who cares? It was $10. But we're going to debunk that today and let you know why it wasn't just $10. So in this example, uh, $10 bet for the first game. And you're going to win $9.09. Okay, $10 to win $9.09. So if you win the first game, you walk away with $19.09. Okay, so the second game, let's say you're 1-0, you've won $9.09, and you've got a total of $19.09 to your name for that, for that first bet, right? Because that's if you made a single and not a parlay, your account would show $19.09. So the second game in this five-team parlay isn't still a $10 bet. It's a $19.09 bet to win $17.35. You see, so the second game, it's no longer a $10 parlay. It's now a $19.09 bet on that game alone to win $17.35. So let's say that that wins and you've now gone 2-0. Okay, so you're 2-0 in this five-team parlay. That's great. That means something. You've now won $26.44, and you should have a total of $36.44 in your account, right? The $26.44 you've won plus the original 10 you've bet. So if you just made the two-team parlay or just made the, uh, the the two bets by themselves with the same money management system where you're betting everything on every game, you would have $36.44 in your account, okay? But it doesn't show that. It still shows $0 because you made the parlay and the house holds your winnings on a parlay. Okay, they don't let you have your winnings yet. The sports book says, hang on, buddy. We'll let you, or we're going to hang on to your money. Okay, we're going to hold your money. We're going to put all of it on this next game, and we'll see what happens. Okay, so now you're 2-0, and and in game three in this five-team parlay is now a $36 bet or a $36.44 bet to win $33.12. So let's say that one, and you're now 3-0 in the parlay. You're now up $59.56. So you've collected $69.56. And, you know, we're getting to the point where a lot of $10 bettors, if you made a $10 better, you started with 10 bucks and you've gone three and oh and have almost $70 in your account, a lot of you would be like, that's awesome. Let's take some, let's walk away, let's make sure we make some money. But in a parlay, you don't have the right to do that. The sports book holds your money and they make every, they put everything on the next bet. So in reality, you're three and oh, you've won almost 60 bucks. You've got almost 70 to your name in your account and you started with 10. But like I said, the sports book doesn't let you touch that because you chose to make the parlay. So another way to say it is that most people would love this, aka most $10 bettors would love this. 
And most $10 bettors, if they won, like I said, they probably wouldn't make their next bet for all the money in their account. Think about it. If you start off and you only have 10 bucks in your DraftKings, FanDuel, Better Edge, whatever, okay? And you get that all the way up to 70 bucks or $69.56, most people wouldn't make a $69.56 bet on the next play. That's just, that's not great money management. But with a parlay, you have to. So in our example, you're 3-0, You've earned fifty nine fifty six and have a total of sixty nine fifty six. So what's the sports book do? They make that next bet for sixty nine dollars fifty six fifty six cents to win sixty three twenty three, and that's a big bet for a ten dollar better. But let's go along with the analogy in, in this in this uh, example, and let's say you win. Okay, so you're four and zero, and you've made a five team parlay. What that means is you now should have $132.79 in your account. That's a lot of money for a $10 better. You've won. You've gone 4-0. You have won $122.79, a total again of $132.79 in your account. That's awesome. But since you made the parlay, you can't touch a goddamn penny of it. You are forced to make a bet, a single. Remember, a parlay is just a bunch of singles in a row. So you're now forced to make a single on that fifth leg of the parlay, and that bet, that fifth leg, is a $132 bet, or to be specific, $132.79, to win $120.71. So if you win and you go 5-0 and in the parlay, that's awesome. You have just won $243.50. You walk away with over $250 on a $10 bet, okay? But if you lose, if that fifth leg of the parlay loses you lose everything you worked for. That earlier 4-0 and means absolutely nothing. So in that fifth leg, you didn't just lose $10. That's how a lot of people think of it. Uh, who cares? It was a $10 bet. No, it wasn't. That was a $132 bet and 79 cents to win 120. You just gave the sports book the right to hold all your previous winnings and put it all on that game. So the psychology of, oh, it's only 10 bucks. No, that's the money you started with. So a parlay, it doesn't actually give you incentive. It does the opposite. You're actually greatly increasing your volume every bet you make. It's just hidden because the original bet only says $10. So you can see why when I see people making all these parlays, I think it's such a stupid thing because really when you talk through this, what it is on a level by level basis, most people go, oh, really? Damn, I didn't realize that. And so this is... That's why parlays are so bad. Now we're going to go on because I, I have a couple notes here. So let's rewind quickly to the four and zero. Okay, so you're four and zero, and you have the fifth leg left. And like we said, this is essentially the same thing as making a hundred and thirty-two dollars seventy-nine cent bet to win one hundred and twenty and seventy-one cents. So this is where a lot of people out there want to hedge, right? This is where a lot of people say, "Ooh, we're four and zero. We can guarantee a profit. Look at that." So. A lot of people do the early cash out option. And a lot of, of sports books offer this for a reason. Why would a sports book offer it if they were still going to lose money? It's because really in the end, they're not losing money, even though it appears you're making money. And here's why that is. People want to hedge when they're 4-0 in a five-team parlay or 8-0 in a nine-team parlay, fill in the blank. They want to do this because of the very fact we just talked about. A $10 better would love to have $132.79 in their account. And that's how much they should have. If you go 4-0 in this example, the fair payout should be $132.79. $132.79. Uh, 
So they get to this point, they being the $10 sports better, and they go, hey, this is awesome. I can guarantee a profit. And they go see how much they get cashed out for. This is exactly why you shouldn't make the parlay in the first place, is you're essentially giving sports books control over your spending. Again, I bet I would bet right now 98% of people out there who are $10 betters and make this bet would want at least a piece of the 132. They would at least want their $10 back, right? So you're essentially giving sportsbooks control of all of your spending. Wouldn't you at least like the option to take some money out, to take some winnings and make smaller bets? So, and again, the early cash out is not a good option. Let's talk about that. Early cash outs, if you've earned $132.79, they may offer back... I don't know, 85, 95 bucks. So by doing this, you're still technically quote unquote winning, but you're greatly hurting your income. And here's why. You're not always going to get the chance to cash out after this kind of a parlay. As a matter of fact, statistics say the average sports better, right? The public sports better. If you make a five team parlay, you'll win about one out of 25 times. So if you're losing that parlay, 24 out of 25 times, which most people out there, statistically speaking, that's the number that they would. You're not going to have the option to cash out early because you've lost your parlay 24 out of 25 times. So in that one out of 25 times where you do get to the fifth leg and do win or have a chance to win by cashing out early, you're reducing your payout by about 25%. So that wouldn't be the worst thing ever if you always got to the fourth leg with winning, right? That's that's where the psychology where people are wrong is they go, well, I'm still winning money. And my point is, yes, in that one bet, you're winning money. And if you walk away from your sports betting career, you have won money. Congratulations. But most people don't do that. Most people make these parlays all the time and simply cash out when they get far enough to cash out. But the issue is you're not going to get far enough, nearly enough times for it to be profitable. So you do just need to kind of let it ride when you're on that fifth leg because the early cash out is going to take so much away back from you that over the long run, it's going to great hurt you so much that's why public bettors don't win is because they make decisions like this and they end up dipping, dipping, dipping and losing, even though they think in the short term, it's a winning play. And I hope that made sense. But the idea is the sports books are going to take back enough or cut off enough of your profit to make it worthwhile for them. Just think of it like a, like a blackjack hand, right? A lot of uh, the, the good hands pay three to two for blackjack, okay? Which means if you, if you have a $10 bet and you get blackjack, you win back 15 what if they changed those rules and it was just even money, right? That would diminish the 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 player's perceived you know edge when the cards are good enough, or that would greatly increase the house edge so much it wouldn't be worth it. See, we all just think about the game. Is is it a blackjack? Is it the Chiefs versus the Raiders? Like what is it? LeBron James over twenty four. When we really should think about the price. Okay, LeBron James is over twenty four points. I like that. Okay, but what if it's minus 200? You know, it's it's more about the price than the actual event or game we're trying to, to, to distinguish what to bet. So that's why this matters. Over the long run, if they're going to constantly cut off what you're going to take back in the, in, the, in the early cash out, that's great. You still want money, but you're not going to get that early cash out enough for it to be worth it. Like I said, if you're the kind of better that's always going to go 4-0 and that fifth leg, that's the questionable one, then the early cash outs are fine. But most people aren't going to do that. No one's going to do that. Not even me. So this is exactly why you shouldn't make the parlay in the first place, in my opinion, even though, like I said, I know you're still going to no matter what I say, but I just want to make it a little more clear to people. This is what's happening. There's no incentive. You don't make anything back. You don't make a penny back more making the parlay than other than you would, you know, otherwise. And I do want to also be clear with this. 
if you do this yourself and you go to DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever it is, BetMGM, and you type this out and try and work it out, it's going to usually be very, very close to to a penny or two with the actual payout, but sometimes it'll be a little bit different, five, 10 cents. And those reasons are because not every minus 110 is exactly minus 110. And this is way nuanced for a different show, a little more complex, but the idea is every every time you see minus 110, sometimes it's like minus 110.0054. You know, sometimes it's minus 110.124. So these little teeny backend differences make a you know, a couple pennies for every hundred bucks here or there. But overwhelmingly, if you make all of these bets as singles and you simply roll over your winnings and what you'd bet into the next bet, you can make parlays yourself. You don't need the sports books to do it for you. Now I'll say the human psychology that, that, that doesn't, we don't get the same endorphin rush when we make single bets. Right. And that's why, you know, when, when you do this, either professionally or to make money or seriously when they're not wanting to lose money, you lose a little bit of that thrill. You know, I, I got into sports betting a long time ago because I liked sports betting and it was a thrill. You'd make it and you'd cheer for your bets. The better I do with sports betting, the less there is there, right? Because they're boring. They're singles. You're making a little here. You're losing a little there. Most people just, you're not going to make a $10 bet, win 250 every time. It seems great. It seems like you're risking a little to win a lot, but if you go 4-0, if you go 3-0, that means something. So I don't think that parlays are good for that reason. The math behind them never stands up. And, you know, you're ruining a lot of your mathematical advantage that you have. Just make singles. If you want to make a single and, and roll all that over to the next bet, congratulations. You can do the exact same thing that you would have done with the parlay. It doesn't look the same. You don't get the same endorphin rush, but it's the exact same thing. So now that we've talked about all that, Let's discuss when you can make parlays, when it's okay, and when you should make parlays. Because there's three examples I have of when parlays are perfectly fine, or they're actually uh, uh, better. They're they're a good tool for a sports better because parlays aren't a bad bet just because a lot of bad sports betters make them. Parlays can actually be good tools if you know what you're doing. So the first thing where you want to make a parlay is where there is a clear correlation. Okay, now correlation happens in different ways. The one way, the most obvious way that we all talk about and think about are the same game parlays, right? If you take a team total over and a quarterback over their yards, those are often correlated. Of course, if a team total is going to go over, more often than not, the quarterback's going to go over. Here's the issue, though, with same game parlays. They take back, just like the early cash outs, they take back so much money in your winnings, it's not worth it. Okay, so if a same game parlay should pay plus 260, they may play pay plus 220. So again, you may win that bet, but over the long run, it's worth it for the sports books because of the price and what they're charging back. You know, if you make these same game parlays, I always say this, it's kind of like paying $5 for a candy bar. You know, you may really, really want that candy bar, but you're being ripped off. So you may get a bet that you really want, but is it worth it in the long run? Never or almost never for these same game parlays. So that's a correlated example, but we're not going to get those because same game parlays have, have adjusted to, to pay back uh, less. But here's another example of a correlation where we can uh, currently find examples. And I make these bets all the time at the end of seasons. Let's give an example, a hypothetical in the NFL. Let's say, uh, what division should we use? Let's say the 
AFC East is coming down to the, what should we say, the Jets and the Bills, okay? Let's say Aaron Rodgers has a really good year for New York, the New York Jets. Let's say it's coming down to Jets-Bills, final game of the season. Well, let's say the Bills play the early game and the Jets play the later game. And the Bills, if they win, they clinch the division, okay? So the Bills win, nothing else matters, they clinch. But if the Bills lose their game, well, the Jets have a chance to win and win the division. So if the Bills lose and the Jets win... The Jets are now the one seed in the AFC West, or in the AFC East. If the Bills win their first game, it doesn't matter because they've clinched the first place in the AFC East and the Jets will inevitably get the second place. So what we can do is make a correlated parlay with the Bills losing and the Jets winning or covering the spread. Because if the Bills lose, the Jets will presumably go all out play their starters, max effort, and earlier in the day, the line won't reflect that because they're not sure who's going to play. See, that's the issue. If the Bills win their game in this in this example, of course, Aaron Rodgers would probably sit, a lot of their starters would probably sit, and that line would move. So what you can do is make a parlay for whatever you think is, is more likely to happen. Let's say you think the Bills are going to win, okay? The Bills are minus four and and they're a good chance to win. Therefore, you think the Jets are going to sit Aaron Rodgers, so on and so forth. You can make a parlay that's correlated and there's enough correlation to overcome the house tax that's naturally in a parlay. So you can bet in this example, the Bills to win their first game. And then whoever the Jets are playing in their second game, you can either bet on them to uh, you know, to win on the money line or to cover the spread. So that's the idea because if the Bills win the first game in this example, and the Jets, let's say the Jets were minus three, and now they're sitting Aaron Rodgers, sitting starters. The Jets may go all the way from minus three to like plus four. So now you have a ticket in your pocket of the of the team the Jets are playing. Let's say they're playing the, the Dolphins, okay? Now you have the Dolphins plus three when the closing line for the Dolphins is minus four. You see what I'm saying? So a correlated parlay is powerful if you can find correlation that actually exists and 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 capitalize on that. Now, again, I hope that example wasn't too much, but the idea is those two games, presumably from the outside looking in, have nothing to do with one another. But really, when you get down to it, it's like, oh, okay, obviously they have a lot to do with one another because if one happens, the other's much more likely or not likely to happen. So that's one example of when you can make a parlay. When you identify correlation and they let you make a parlay, it's, it's worth it. So that's one example of correlation. Another example of when you can make a parlay is when you understand this. Everything we talked about today, the math of a parlay, the math of a parlay, you get. So if you understand why a parlay is made and you get what's going on with the money, you can easily lock in lines for later games with the purpose of betting more on that second game. Now, if the I do this all the time. If there's a game early on, like a, a baseball game in the early afternoon, and I like that game a little bit, but I love a night game, I sometimes will parlay the early game with the night game knowing that I want about twice the amount on the night game than the early game, and I want to lock that line in. Now, again, I probably would just make singles here. I probably wouldn't actually do this very often, but this is an example of when it's okay to make a parlay. And and you know what? This is probably more prevalent for people who maybe don't have enough in their immediate account and don't want to deposit again and go through all that. You know, let's say you, you, uh, let's say you have like, you know, $50 left in your account and you want to make a bet for 50, but you also want to make a bet later that night for a hundred, but you don't have another hundred right now to put in. 
what you could do is make the parlay. Because if that first game wins, you know you've won 50 or so, and you're going to have around 100 on that second game. That's exactly what you wanted in the first place. You just used a parlay to get there because you didn't have access to the to the immediate cash. Okay, So if you understand how a parlay works and what's going on, and you simply want that volume on the second game but don't have access to the money in, uh, immediately, then I say it's okay to make that parlay. As long as you know what you're doing, use that as a tool. Use it as an effective tool, but... Don't do it because it's shiny. Do it because you want that volume on the second play and maybe you just don't have access to the money right now. So that's, I think it's perfectly okay to do that. You're consciously on purpose choosing to make that parlay and put more on the second game. So that's another reason where, where, where it's okay to make a parlay. Correlation, and then when you want to lock in lines or just have the purpose of betting more on that second line or on the second game. And the third, this is the, fir- the third and final way where I think it's ever okay to make a parlay and very few of you out there will actually have to deal with this, but some will. So for those who do, here's why. To circumvent betting limits. <laughs> now, a lot of bookies won't like me hearing say that because it's sort of breaking the rules in a way. But let's say uh, there is one specific sports book who has reduced my bets to like, uh, I can bet, I think, $15 on live soccer. So if it's a live Premier League game or live championship game or whatever, I can bet $15. Well, if I really liked a play, let's say I liked West Ham live money line to win. Well, what I can do is make a bunch of $15 parlay, $15 parlays with West Ham and then another game I like later that day, right? So I'm actually the sports book has said, "Hey buddy, we only want 15 bucks from you." And I'm breaking their rules and making parlays to circumvent their limits, knowing how parlays work, right? Cuz you're increasing your volume. And so you're actually kind of gaming the system here and you're making parlays to get what you want outside of the realm of what you're allowed to do within the sports book. And in in, in this West Ham example, what you can also do if you really, really love that is you can make other plays that are currently going on that also have West Ham at the end. I know this is kind of different because it's live, so you can't make a whole lot of pre you know pregame bets before this. But the idea is if you're cut off and if your betting limits are so low that it's not worth it for you, you can suddenly make it worth it for you with these parlays. You can circumvent betting limits with this with this betting tactic. So, look, that that's, does it for today's show. I wanted to go through this because everyone out there, I bet 85 to 90% of people who listen to this show regularly are making parlays. And as I led the show with, you know, whatever. It's not my money. It's your bank account. So at the end of the day, you have to answer to yourself, is this responsible money management? But I'm here to let you know that it's generally not. And that's why parlays are bad. You don't get any extra incentive. You don't get anything extra. The sports books just hold your winnings until you've completed however many games it said you were going to bet. So, all right, that does for parlays. Stay tuned later today. We'll have some picks. Until then, this has been Sports Betting Daily. Sports Betting Daily.